DJ Chase got beat. Peace and blessings, people. You are now listening to Do It Your Damn Self with Jada Taylor. Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings, everybody. Welcome back to Do It Your Damn Self. Actually, welcome me back because I've been gone for a long time. I know, I know. Naughty, bad girl. If you follow me on social media, you know that things have gotten really busy since the end of last year. Kind of like, well, I guess we last spoke in the middle of last year, but towards the end of last year, um, you guys know I was working on my second book of the year. So I dropped that in November. So ever since then, it's kind of just been like autopilot with that and, you know, getting that out there, setting that up. So yeah, unfortunately, the podcast kind of took a backseat, but it's back now, you know. We back, we back, we back, we back. Because, you know, there's just so much, like, happening and so much to talk about. And, you know, I, I sometimes, like, when stuff happens, I be wanting to talk about it. But then I'm like, nah, like, you know, everybody else is already talking about stuff. I don't want to just, like, jump in on the conversation and start just repeating things. But then I'm like, well, my take is going to be different on a lot of things. And you guys know that. Like, you know, like... My brain works totally different from the way a lot of people's brains work. So I have, you know, different type of perspective on things. But anyway, happy new year. Happy 2022. Um, I hope that everybody had a, you know, good end of year, good holiday season as much as we could because, yeah, we just need to go ahead and just get the get the elephant out the room and just talk about how Omarion is just doing the most right now. I mean, if you uh, live in or near New York City, you know, like, our numbers are astronomical right now. Like, literally the highest that they've been since 2020. So, yeah, not looking good. A lot of people are sick. Um, you know, but on the, I guess on the plus side, there are more people that are getting vaccinated and boosted, but then again, those are the people that are getting sick. So yeah, it's, it's been like, it's been a struggle over here and you know, you guys know I'm a teacher, I work in schools and schools, we basically have been hit. Like, I feel like the hardest with the Omicron variant. He said not to call it Omarion, but I'm gonna call it Omarion. Mama name Omarion. I'm going to call him Omarion. It's the Omarion variant. And basically, yeah, like, you know, it's been going around in the schools and spreading really quickly. Like, I know a lot of people who are sick, a lot of students, a lot of adults who are sick right now. And it's just crazy, you know. And, I mean, the government doesn't care. They hate, America hates, well, they hate poor people. But they definitely hate students and teachers, you know, so... I'm seeing that more and more. Like at first, I kind of wanted to just believe that it, I, was, I was just being sensitive about the whole thing. But no, it's very, very clear now. Like we have a new mayor. He's only been in office for about a week. And in that week, he's managed to burn like hella bridges. So, yeah, you know, if if you know a teacher, you know somebody that works in a school, send them some love this week because uh, we're not okay. And, you know, the parents, shout out to the parents out there because I know y'all are not okay. A lot of us are not okay, but you know, we're gonna try to bring some positivity to the podcast today because, yeah, that was the one thing I said. I was like, all right, if I come back for the new year, I don't want to come back on a sour note. 
y'all know how hard it is. Y'all know because things are just they just they just look bad. But you know what? It won't be like this forever because we said the same thing in 2020, and then things got better in 2021. So you know, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe 2023 is our year, guys. I don't know. Um, but other than that, you know, everything else pretty much that's new with me is basically just writing and so Deception, book one, Imani is out. You can definitely go to my website to check that out. I have like stories from longer chapters, which is my novella. That's also available for free. So if you kind of just want to, you know, get an idea for what my voice is like, my writing style is like before you go ahead and make the purchase, then you can definitely do that. But I've been really happy with the reception that I've been getting from Deception. Um, it's the first book in a trilogy. So currently working on the second one. Don't ask me when it's coming out. Y'all know how it, I told y'all the same thing when I was writing yesterday in Harlem. Don't ask. Don't ask. It's coming. It's coming. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. This is my first time doing a trilogy. And so far, people seem to be receptive to it. And yeah, I can't just wait for more, you know, more people to just get in conversation with me and we talk about it and, you know, get down on it. Because, listen, I'll, I'll keep going on and on about the book here today. So I got a few topics I do want to get into, just two things. Um, so first, I want to talk about Ari Lennox out in Ghana. Not necessarily her being out in Ghana, but the reception to her posts about being out in Ghana and how trash uh, you people are. So um, we'll talk about that. And then I also want to talk about And Just Like That, the new Sex in the City reboot and how they're just kind of doing too much, too soon, too fast. Okay. So first about Ari Lennox. So basically I'm, I'm going to recap from what I saw and, you know, then I'm giving my commentary from there. So basically from what I saw, Ari Lennox was out in Ghana the past, over the past week. I guess maybe she was there during the holidays. I know she performed at Afrochella, which is like the um, the Coachella performance out there in Ghana. She was in Accra, actually, to be specific. So, you know, Ari Lennox is one of those people who, when it comes to social media, she kind of has expressed her distaste for it she's she's one of those like worldly type of girls where she's like I don't really need social media to validate me and my beauty comes from other places and I have a lot of insecurities that type thing which is kind of like what I feel like most of us are like especially millennials who we grew up in the early days of social media and we've seen how it has evolved over time so, you know, she's one of those people who's like, I can do without social media. Like, if I wasn't famous, I wouldn't be on here. So she already kind of, like, hates it. So she gets on Twitter. This is where I saw the thread, and I think this is the only place where it really existed. But she gets on Twitter, and she was talking about her experience of going to Ghana and how she felt. I'm I'm going to paraphrase because I, I don't have her tweets in front of me. But basically, she felt connected to her ancestors. It was a beautiful experience for her. She was speaking very highly of the country and how, I don't, I don't want to say special because special is the wrong word, but how significant, significant this trip was to her and feeling connected to her ancestors. And wouldn't you know, <laughs> the Ghanaian warriors jumped on Twitter and started attacking her 
for expressing how connected and joyful she was to be in Ghana. Like, I know some people likened it to Wakanda by saying that, like, she had this Wakanda view of Ghana. And I don't even know where the criticism comes from, first of all, because let me just go ahead and say this. Whether you are, whatever type of black you are from the world, like, don't matter what edge of the world you come from, but you're black in some way, you call yourself black, none of this really belongs to us. Like, let's just be honest and call it is, and you know, call it what it is. So for people to get upset and criticize somebody for feeling love and respect and admiration for coming back to at least the one place where we felt like kind of belongs to us, the continent, the motherland, and for people to say that she's wrong for praising that, like, really? So what y'all want her to do? Y'all want to get on there and talk about all the bad things? Now, if she got on there and she talked about, oh, Ghana's this, Ghana's that, and, and she said all the negative things that we normally hear about African countries, then that would be a problem. But because she get, she's getting on here and she's showing her praise and respect and stuff, you feel offended by that. Why? No, like, like, I don't understand. Like, you can't tell a people who were stolen that, oh, you can't feel connected to a certain place. Like, if anywhere I go in the world, if I see people that look like me, stuff that reminds me of myself, I'm going to connect to that shit. Because it's very rare that we have that feeling. Especially here sometimes in America where more and more we're, we're asked to repress that part of ourselves. So, like, I didn't really get the hate. I thought people were seriously straight up trash for that. And, you know, they she went ahead and deleted all her tweets. I think she, um, like, erased all her posts about Ghana on Instagram. She said in one of her tweets that she was giving her passwords over to her label. You know, just all of this stuff that just, it shouldn't have been done. Like, I, it, it was, that was totally unnecessary. Like, of all the things you can attack black Americans for, like, you choose to attack her for showing her love and admiration for an African country a place that usually gets shit and like, you know, and I think we don't talk about this enough about how the perception of Africa and African countries have shifted within the black community over the past, I want to say like 20 years. Like when I was a kid, I remember terms like African booty scratcher and all that stuff being really popular. And to be African was like, super duper othered like nobody wanted to be associated with Africa now that shit is trendy that shit is cool you know people are doing the great migration back to you know the continent people are like black people are really we're tapped in to to Africa and it's it's cool and trendy now now I can see that being a point of contention for people who were born in African countries to feel like oh well Decades ago, you guys didn't want to be associated with us, you know, and now all of a sudden we're cool, we're, tr- we're trendy. Yeah, I get that. Like, definitely. Like, nobody wants to be made to feel like they're being fetishized. Like, I got that part. Yeah. Okay. But for a black person to express how they feel connected to coming back to an African country or going to an African country, yeah, that's where the math doesn't math for me because that's not the same thing. That's not fetishization. That's appreciation that is discovery you know like that's something where if anything you as someone who were born in that country should step up to say 
let me support this person in their journey. Let me educate this person. Let me, you know, so let me just be a a supportive whatever. Even if even if your support means to just not say shit, like you know, even if you just see it and you're just like, okay, you know, good for you. But just like to attack someone is like that's that's wild. <laughs> like I did not I did not appreciate that, and I was like. You know, I'm I plan on making a trip to um Africa soon and I'm just like I know like in the back of my mind like I know that contention exists between you know African black people and American black people um but I'm like damn like you can't even be appreciative like they like they really said she was acting like she was in Wakanda like I I don't know like that that was just wrong to me and I can see if she had really said some like wild, wild shit, like, you know, just some super outrageous fetishized shit, but she didn't. She just said how happy she was to be there. Um, so that was not, that wasn't the moment to, to attack her. But anyway, um, I hope she, you know, wherever she is, she says she's fine. She says she's in the studio. I hope she makes a song about it. I hope she make a song about it, and she only makes it streamable in Ghana. So that way, y'all just have to listen to it. Anywho. Sexy. Suspenseful. Your newest obsession. Enter the Deception Trilogy, starting with Deception Book One Imani. Deception Book One Imani follows Imani Howard, a young businesswoman from New York City looking to find happiness. But when she starts receiving nasty threats and messages, her world turns upside down as everyone around her becomes a suspect. Can Imani uncover who is behind the deception or will the truth be too much to handle? You can download your e-copy of Deception on www.jadataylor.com. That's J-A-I-D-A Taylor.com. Use the code Deception for 50% off your copy. talking about the sex in the city reboot for a couple weeks now because it's been on for a while well it's called and just like that so I was you know I was pretty young when the original series was running so I didn't watch it that's no excuse you can watch all of sex in the city now I just haven't but um I did watch the movies um I was a big fan of the first movie and I watched the second movie I've seen those a lot of times so I'm familiar. So I watched the reboot, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. I was expecting, I knew Samantha wasn't coming back. So I was like, okay, I know they're going to have to deal with that. And all right. So I think I knew things would be different and they're a lot older, you know, they're of the uh, Caucasian persuasion. So the age is showing. <laughs> so it's very noticeable. Their lives have changed. The characters I was telling somebody else the other day, I was like, yeah, instead of them going out for like Cosmos now, now they all meet up and go to like Charlotte's daughter's uh, piano recital. And that's going out for them, you know, but you're in your fifties now and things, that's how things change as you get older. So, so far I was like, okay, you know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of like reaction to the first two episodes because Mr. Big died. So, you know, that was kind of like a big thing because Carrie had spent like 20 years trying to get this man and 
got him and they were married for only maybe like 14 and then he died. So, you know, whatever their reasoning was for that, there's lots of other things that I could get into surrounding the actor, Chris Nolte, but um, I ain't going to talk about that stuff, but maybe that's why his character was killed off. So in addition to that, there's just a lot of changes that they made to the show that you can tell have been inspired by it coming out now in a new decade. When it was first premiering in the 90s, a lot of things that they could get away with in terms of like lack of diversity and stereotypes and all that stuff, can't really get away with it now, like without getting canceled. Like the cancel culture is is real. Um, and maybe that was on their mind. Maybe it wasn't because, you know, like, like elite executives, big wig, showrunners, sometimes they just don't be giving a fuck. They be like, listen, I got the money anyway. Cancel me. Somebody's going to watch my shit. I'll be rich anyway. So who knows what their inspiration was. But the show has changed a lot. So noticeably, there are two... I don't, they're not main cast members, but they're like the supporting cast members, supporting characters. Like, yeah, I'll say that. Um, but they're black women. So that was a big thing that a lot of women um, or critics, I don't say not just women, a lot of critics uh, would make a point about with the original series is that there were never any black people. Like, what New York is this? Where there's not like barely any people of color, but definitely never any black people unless... Unless the main characters are fucking them. That's when you would see them. But other than that, it was just kind of like, yeah, like, and you can't take two steps in New York, especially in Manhattan, where they were. Can't take two steps without seeing a person of color, you know, and especially a black person. So for you to have a whole show where not one black person shows up in the background or like in the restaurants or anything like that, that's very intentional. Like you're going out of your way to find extras in your background who aren't black. It doesn't take away from how good the show was. It's just a point. It's stuff that people notice. So they're making good note of that now. So if you watch a lot of the scenes when the girls go out to lunch and stuff, you'll see people of color in the background. You'll see some brown faces. You see some LGBTQ. There's a lot of representation on the show. They've got a non-binary character that Carrie's working for. There's Seema, who is, I believe, Indian, and she's one of Carrie's friends. And then there's the two black women who have come into the mix, into the fold. My thing is just that it's just too much too fast. And I know y'all about to be like, well, didn't you just criticize the Ghanaians for the positive representation and now you criticizing yeah no but here's my thing I'm not criticizing the representation I think it's great I like the two black female characters professor can't remember her name see see I'm already full to the stereotype can't remember her name and then Nicole Ari Parker's I think her name is Lisa or something I like them I like them they're good additions um but it's just too much too fast like, they're trying so hard, I feel like, to right the wrongs of the past that they're like, yeah, yeah, let's just throw every social issue we have at the show. Yes, this is what people want to see now. Yes, let's appeal to the gen the younger generation. And it's just like, no. Like, we're, like, you got to understand, like, for for HBO... They we're coming off the heels of just ending Insecure. Insecure was a unique show in a lot of ways, but mostly in the fact that it was just a show about black people being alive. 
Like, everything they did didn't have to do with them being black. Like, every day, you know, Issa didn't get out the bed and be like, well, I'm black, BLM, all right, fuck the police. Like, it was, it was just like, I'm living my life, I'm doing my thing, I'm dating, I'm doing whatever, and I just happen to be black. You know, it was, the, so H, the HBO was going to have to, I feel like, fill the void in some way with what they, the viewership that they lost with Insecure. But to do, but, and just like that, it's not going to fill that void if every time the black characters are on screen, it's about them being black. And the, and the white characters are learning some sort of lesson about dealing with a black person. Like, it's just, it's exhausting to watch. Like, it's, I wasn't offended by it. I didn't, my, you know, my feelings weren't really hurt, but it was just exhausting. Like, geez, like, can they just like, you know be friends with this person like and it's so painfully obvious that Miranda Carrie and Charlotte have not had of significant color significant color Lord have mercy I didn't mean to say that because I'm thinking of thinking of Stanford's husband like they haven't had like a first a friend of color in so long that in their 50s they're struggling to have just normal friendships with these people. Like that one episode where Charlotte was going to um, Nicole Ari Parker's house and she was so worried that she didn't have any black friends and we need to be up on black culture and make sure we say things right. And I was like, girl, just go to her house. Like, like <laughs> this is just like unnecessary. And then they got to her house and they were the only white people there. And they were like, oh. Like, and I'm just like, just go to the damn party. Like, that's when it becomes a little bit too much. And it's like, wow, like in your however many years of living in New York, you've never had a significant encounter with somebody who's black that this is really getting to you like this? Like, oh my, I was like, maybe I'm living in, what New York are y'all living in again? And remind me to like not move there because ugh. the whole thing with like Miranda and her professor and her professor. I, I love the professor because she just read her. She was like, um, yeah, you don't I don't need you to cape for me. Like it's like <laughs> I don't need you to try to like white woman your way through this conversation. Like just chill. Like it, it, it's OK. Like just chill. I just feel like. They're doing a lot too, they're just doing too much too soon. And, you know, hey, they're not, they're not about to change the season and the script and go back to the writer's room for me. Um, but that's just my take on it. And it's just like, I'm going to watch it, but I feel like I'm hate watching it at this point because I'm like, yeah, like, nah. Like, I want y'all to just like be comfortable around people who don't look like y'all and it not have to be about their otherness. Like, just be. Like, just be, you know, that's why I'm hoping that the friendship between Carrie and Seema turns into something. It seems like it's getting into a more genuine direction. Of course, Carrie had to go to the Diwali party and, you know, she had on the traditional garb. And I was reading somewhere that they was say, they were saying in the show that it was a sorry, but it wasn't a sorry chalice. And that's a whole other conversation. Um, but I'm hoping that at least that relationship, you know, is something that's just like, hey, can we just be friends? Like, can we just not talk about like, <laughs> can we just not have to always me explain my race to you? Like me give you a, 
yeah, good white person award. <laughs> like, can we just be friends? Otherwise, I don't know, child. Um, I don't know if I can keep watching it. But This Is Us is back. So, you know, I have something else to watch to fill in if I really start to get disgusted with what they're doing up there. But, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think Anywho, so that is the episode. Thank you guys for joining me and for listening. Cause yeah, I I acted like I wasn't gonna talk a lot, but I ended up I ended up really um talking a lot. See, there's my timer telling me to shut up. So guys, do not forget to follow me on social media. I'm at the Jada Taylor on all that, and I will be back with another episode probably next week. Hold me to it. All right. Peace. DJ Chase got beat.